Hello Emerging Cricket fans and welcome to the podcast for this week, a special one with Tim and Nick both in Canada for the Challenge League leg and joined by new Vanuatu hero Jared Allen and commentator Andrew Leonard. But before we cross to Canada, a shout out to our friends at Patreon. From as little as $2 a month, you can help the cause by becoming an Emerging Cricket patron. To sign up, log on to patreon.com forward slash Emerging Cricket. Let's head to King City, Ontario, where Nick, Tim and our guests are enjoying some associate cricket and I'll be back a bit later with some news from the emerging world. Well, we're here on the Vanuatu team bus for a very special edition of the Emerging Cricket Podcast. Uh, We're reviewing Challenge League Group A, which is happening right now in Canada. Not quite in Toronto, King City, about 30 minutes drive to the north. We're heading back from Vanuatu's first match, victorious against Malaysia by two wickets. Uh, A thriller of a game. We're joined by Tim Cutler, Nick Skinner, your host. Andrew Leonard's uh, sitting here on the bus as well. And we've also got Jared Allen, the uh, hero of the day for Vanuatu with the bat. G'day, Tim. Hi, Nick. It's good. Uh, I'm not quite sure what to say here because we're not used to being in the same room. But no, it's. Uh, I think I'm running a little high on adrenaline after that. I'm, I'm not a very good cricket watcher. <laughs> and today was a, another perfect example of that. I, I think I had to force myself in the last 15 overs not to react. I kind of like just sat there with my foot up on one knee just looking calm when inside um, the heart was beating I, I could I could see you fidgeting there Tim <laughs> up, up at the table yes uh, so we're, we're joined by Jared Allen as I said now Jared you just uh, guided Vanuatu home this is your first match for Vanuatu how's it been getting into the setup joining the boys and uh, you know being the hero in the first game um, it's been a long journey three years since I joined well January 2020 I think is when I joined and uh, yeah, it's a long time. Um, good group of guys, really good group of guys, and also a good group of girls too. We've got a pretty good setup down at the VCG, and uh, having Tim and Ben come on board too over the last couple of years has really helped us progress as a as an organisation as well. So, yeah, today was interesting. Um, we bowled well, we fielded well, and we didn't quite fire with the bat early. Um, and it took a few of us to try knuckle down and just see out the see out the runs, and luckily we did. Um, Malaysia put put a lot of pressure on us with the ball, uh, their, their spinners especially. Their quicks probably didn't quite fire like they would probably hope, um, and they'll take a lot out of that game as well. And so will we, especially. Um, yeah. Yeah, Lenny, what did you make of it? We, um, we saw a thrilling finish. You were struggling a bit with some of the technical issues, as often seems to be the case with these broadcasts. But uh, on, on field, hell of a game. Yeah, hell of a game, and, and what a way to welcome you into to King City in Ontario here. My first Challenge League action, in fact, that I've commentated on. First time commentating on Vanuatu, and I suppose for me, I was probably nailing my colours to the mast to touch with, uh, obviously, knowing yourself and Tim for a long time. Uh, but just the journey Vanuatu have been on and having waited over a thousand days to get on the park you could see a what it meant to them when they did actually get over the line but just the tension that's the thing I've always loved about associate cricket the tension and the drama you just don't get at the top level you lose a bilateral series at top level 5-0 really who cares nothing changes maybe your rankings go down a few points maybe depending upon the day of the week but here at the associate level every match counts and Vanuatu yes only one win from four in the first challenge league series 
today it had everything. It was a low-scoring match. It probably wasn't full of some of the best cricket with the bat, but certainly with the ball and in the field. I thought Vanuatu in the field rate standing. They set the tone right in the first over. A wicket in their first over. Back into international cricket. It was a day that kind of had it all. Now, Jared, uh, the pitch was a bit of a talking point. Uh, some of the decks here at King City have been... Um, let's just say, uh, put together at the last minute. Uh, how did it play today, both for the bowling and then you uh, batting on it? Uh, very well, I, I would have thought. For a batsman, it was quite comfortable to play on. Um, the bowlers didn't really get too much seam. A little bit of swing early, but it was just just good bowling in groups, bowling at partnerships, which forced run-outs, obviously, early. And uh, we forced wickets through good bowling. Um, I think, as a group, we should take... We should take confidence out of batting on that. Um, it's comfortable. It's very plays actually similar to the VCG back in Vanuatu. It skids on, um, and you don't get too much turn. So that's where the flight comes into it, to, to as a spinner to, to get around the to get around and through the batsman. So. Yeah, Tim might have uh, enjoyed bowling on that. Um, I noticed a couple of the guys, uh, a couple of the spinners, they weren't really trying to rip it. They were just sort of pushing it through varying their lengths, varying their lines. So it was interesting to see some of the tactics coming through. Tim, watching from the side, I guess maybe Jared can jump in if he uh, deems it necessary, but it just looked like the Vanuatu guys just, just put, took their foot off the accelerator a little bit, you know, had them down um, six for 50, I think it was, um, and then just, just let them get back into the game a little bit, um, got up to about 125 uh, total. Uh, what do you think happened in that little passage of play? Well, it's funny because Lenny and I were actually discussing it at length on air. He'd uh, cajoled me over to uh, to commentate with him because he was a little bit lonely. But um, and Ben Cameron had been talking to the, the team the same way of saying that you know there will be partnerships. You know, you're never very rarely going to roll a team for 60 or 70 in these sort of conditions in a match match like this. You know, two batters will get together and put a bit of the pressure back on, and and that's what Malaysia did. And I think during that period. I think Vanuatu perhaps um, suffered a little bit from a not not a kind of a screaming panic, but you know you had one batter who was injured and was the one scoring all the runs, and a number 11 at this stage at the other end not looking to score. But instead of changing the fields when the, the batter switched ends, it sort of just was a bit a little bit samey. And I think that's something that Vanuatu, Vanuatu will, will build from, and also thinking about the tactics to each of those players um, at that at that stage. So when the rain came, you know, it came at pace from the west and, and that kind of 20 minute break or so I think really came at the right time for Vanuatu because I think it gave them a chance to regroup, um, have a look at each other and say we need to get back on, same intensity that we started with and look what happened, you know, there was a run out within, within a couple of balls of, of the resumption and you know, we said the same thing on commentary that it would be interesting to look back at how important those two partnerships were in the context of the match which in the end it was it was well it was match defining because you know with two two wickets only to go when when Vanuatu went past the score it just shows how critical those those partnerships are and how critical those runs are at the back end but you know it's you know if you got offered 125 all out at the start of a, a day with a couple of decent partnerships you're going to take it every every day of the week so I think that's where you got to look at it as a as an innings on the whole and, and the things that we can do better rather than lamenting the one or two partnerships. But, uh, yeah, and we saw that the, the energy that went into to Vanuatu's innings. Um, we're looking really good. Um, Narland sort of played across the line there and that maybe kind of started a little bit of a, a rot. But 
apart from that, it's tough to floor a team that's been out of the international cricket sphere for over a thousand days, training at home, having three or four tournaments postponed or cancelled. And yeah, we're lucky that we get to have access to these guys six six days a week. But it's still hard to keep people motivated, even if you're paying them to, because you're paying them to play for their country, not paying you to not paying them just to train. Um, and be happy doing that, especially when all these opportunities are there and keep being cancelled or, or, or postponed. So I think it's just really, I'm just really proud to be part of the group to see the way that they responded today and and didn't panic at any stage either. Even when a couple of wickets fell, you didn't see anyone kind of yelling at each other or heads going down. Everyone was positive the whole way through. So it was just really good to see. And it's the first time I've seen Vanuatu play live as well. So um, yeah, I think. Uh, Maybe a couple of heart starters tonight, um, uh, secretly, uh, because there's just you know I'm, I'm still on edge. I'm still you know what time is it here? It's uh, it's 5 p.m. and it could be any time of the day or night at the moment. I've just I'm, my body is still running on adrenaline, and I and I did nothing today apart from hit a few balls and sit and watch cricket. Yeah, you talk about panic there, and um, I think just watching it, I, I think Jared's uh, experienced head. You've, he's played a lot of grade cricket uh, down in Victoria. I think that was pretty important. Talk us through some of the little uh, exchanges you had with the Malaysians and, and how your experience helped you deal with that. Uh, they were very vocal. Uh, I didn't really know what they were saying, but um, they were very vocal and aggressive, like, and it was aggressive towards me too. So that was, but it's like, just cop it on the chin. It's, it's what you grow up with back in Australia. So it was, it was nothing new and they tried to intimidate me by bowling short and just kept telling them, keep bowling short, I dare you. Like, like this is fun. Um, I'm not someone who doesn't grow up on bouncy wickets. and. I think our guys can learn from that too, is to really fight through those sort of situations too, and don't let like trash talk get to you. Um, you can just you just smile and laugh. That's the worst thing for someone to do is just smile and laugh back at you. Um, yeah, so it was interesting. I didn't really think the Malaysians would like that, but they are. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't make the mistake of uh, sledging a, a Victorian who's come through grade cricket there. Now, I, I'm just, just thinking a bit more broadly. You know, you've, you, you said you came to Vanuatu cricket a couple of years ago. How did you get into Vanuatu after, you know, you played a bit of pro footy over in Australia, AFL. And so how did you come to Vanuatu and then, you know, how did you get back into cricket? Uh, I made a big mistake playing football and lost my contract. Um, so then had to go find a job. So I found a job and luckily enough after a few years the owner of the company I was working for who I was also playing local football with as well, um, he goes, do you want to go to Vanuatu? I'm like, where? Um, so ended up over in Vanuatu and honestly haven't looked back. I had to retire because of too many concussions from football, like playing local football and, other, and football prior to that too. And just the opportunity that's been given to me, I can't thank Vanuatu enough. Um, open arms, everyone is just a beautiful, like, it's just beautiful. Um, the culture, the scenery, well, it's just perfect. So, and that's how I ended up there. And just no looking back. I've got no. There's no chance I'm moving back at the moment. Um, it's too good where we are, and yeah, we're, we're we're going places with cricket, so that's exciting as well. So, yeah, lots of lots of good progress being made uh, on and off the field with Vanuatu. Now, Andrew Leonard, just looking at the tournament as a whole, you've uh, you've just flown in last night. But uh, I'm sure you're very well prepared. Give us your predictions for who's going to come out on top over the rest of the uh, rest of the uh, week and a half. Yeah, look, Canada obviously massive favourites uh, for two reasons. One, coming into this week with with four wins, and then picking up a, a pretty comfortable win over Denmark in the opening game yesterday. While I was 
stuck somewhere uh, either in Manchester Airport or somewhere mid-air in my eight-hour delayed flight that uh, I managed to miss game one yesterday. But look, they're the big favourites uh, and, and with good reason as well. If you, if you look at kind of their standing in world cricket, where they've been historically, uh, several Cricket World Cup appearances, but also, you know, more recently, probably they were the unlucky side to miss out down in Vinduk, down at that Cricket World Cup League 2 that decided those four ODI nations that were going to go and join the other teams in Cricket World Cup League 2. So they're favourites with due reason, but I think the most exciting thing for me about this week and, and also the Challenge League generally and, and, and outside of that Cricket World Cup League 2 where I do a lot of the games, I obviously follow Nepal and, and the USA around an awful lot, is just the importance of 50-over cricket. I think there's been quite a lot of nonsense talked in, in the press recently by some very high-profile people as well about maybe 50-over cr cricket dying a death. And I think that's incredibly naive and, and it's just not helpful discussion like that for a couple of reasons. If you look at countries like Vanuatu, if you look at Ireland 15, 20 years ago, if you don't have 50-over cricket, where do you learn to play the game? Like, already we don't have an intercontinental cup that's been taken away from the associates so you don't have two innings cricket to learn how to craft a very long innings if you take away 50 over cricket from the associates let alone up at the top tiers how do you learn how to play the game how do you learn how to play an innings like we, we saw today where you had to dig in for a bit and do it tough and ironically i'm telling you this from a game that didn't last the full 50 overs it was so entertaining but it's also a highly entertaining version of the game you get much more of the ebb and flow you get much more of a contest between bat and ball and it's not just the modern ODIs, we saw England post 498 recently in a game, but games like today, 125 played 125 for 8, absolutely cracking. And that's why I love all three formats of the game pretty much equally. And I'd love to see the administrators, not just at the ICC level, I think they're putting a prominence on it and they're still nailing their colours to the mast with the Cricket World Cup being their foremost product and this road to India, this brilliant pathway for the top 32 teams. But also the individual countries, they've got to still put some kind of a focus and a prominence on 50-hour cricket. England did it with their last cycle and they got rewarded with it by winning a World Cup. But you've got to give the 50-hour game its credit and its merit. It shouldn't be just all about T20 cricket. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're preaching to the converted here, Lenny. Um, I think we all we all love 50 over cricket and, and all the pathway events. And just to sort of editorialise a little bit, I think part of the problem with, um, you know, 50 over cricket as it's played in full members is that it's often viewed as, as a kind of meaningless bilateral. And, and unfortunately, we're going back to that with the Super League being cancelled. And, and it's sort of... It's, it's kind of silly that these countries are saying, oh, well, you know, ODI cricket's useless. Just as we had the Super League and just as there was an actual structure that, that gave it meaning and, and gave these matches something to play for, they get rid of that. And, well, of course, if you get rid of the structure, then they are meaningless bilaterals and they're useless. So it's, it's kind of a, a ridiculous complaint, really, when, when these boards are the ones making the decision to get rid of the context in the first place. I, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you'll agree, Tim, but uh, any final thoughts? Well, yes, you are preaching to the choir on this bus. Um, in, indeed, yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? It's like you're saying 50 over cricket is dying um, because you're killing it yourself by getting rid of the Super League. You know, the Super League isn't perfect, and I'm, I'm going to keep talking in the present tense, um, with 13 teams only playing seven or eight rounds each, so you're not playing against each other, but there's opportunity there to split groups, to have more teams and more groups that... that filter into a true global qualification structure for the next World Cup and also give opportunities to smaller form members and the top tier associates more cricket against better nations because you don't get better unless you play against these teams um, and then we've, we've seen that over time with Ireland and, and especially Afghanistan you don't get better playing teams that are, are at or below your level um, so 
look, we, we still don't know what is going to happen with 50 over cricket pathways for the 2027 World Cup. Of course, that will be a 14-team event. Um, I think there was a lot of chat about it in Birmingham. Uh, and from the sounds of it, the the Challenge League as it stands with the, the bottom two in each Challenge League falling down to a qualifier with the top-ranked T20 nation sounds like it's still a goer. So they may still be looking at having 32 teams in that top well, in 50-over cricket, um, or at least ICC 50-over cricket. But, of course, without the Super League being played anymore, that means the Netherlands comes back no matter what. Um, so you've you've then got 20 um, associate teams to fit into a league. And that's that's all well and good, but I really think, you know, what's going to happen to the likes of Zimbabwe, Ireland, Afghanistan? If they're not got guaranteed one-day internationals against other nations, when are they going to get to play it? Because where's the commercial advantage for India to play one days against any of those three sides which at the moment is what is driving bilateral cricket so there's a lot of frustration in that and you know where you could have looked at an expanded super league with 20 teams and four groups of five with teams playing four rounds over two years but then feeding into a into a a broader qualification structure but I believe we've talked about this probably many times on the podcast so I'll apologize I'll ask for apologies rather than permission but um, no today was just wrapping up because I think uh, that we're getting to that stage but no today's just one of those days that you know you're happy to be part of this world and I think Lenny encapsulated it perfectly in talking about associate cricket and context and you know and how important this series is you know we may have only won one from five I say we like I played you know and I wasn't part of the part of the organization at the time but you know one from five but it, it, it's so important for us to, to get out of that bottom two because of the opportunity to be playing 50 over cricket and of course the funding that, that comes with that so look it's a perfect start Ben Cameron coach coach one 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 um, and uh, to have to have five debutants you know we haven't even talked about that five players debuted or debuted if, if your name's Nick and um, Andrew Nixon I hope I've pronounced it right at least one of the times which is amazing Jared to, to be one of them um, but there were great performances uh, from all five of them you know Raval Sampson at the end as well you know he he wasn't even in the squad he was a replacement player that we brought in for Patrick Matatava because of visa issues sees him stuck in the west of Denmark uh, comes in bats number 10 and uh, doesn't get a bowl he's there as a leg spinner but all 11 players bat and to see him bat with maturity and calmness with Jared at the end it, it makes all everything worthwhile you know all the things that you go through and you know we had three hotel rooms broken into over the course of the last week and things stolen and, and all those pressures that you go through and a lot of the guys are not used to being away from their their family uh, for this length of time and just to see it all come out today it's the first of five games um, and it was probably a game early on and you can maybe say Denmark similar because of where we're on the table that we were targeting to in my mind anyway, this is not a, an official line from Vanuatu Cricket that I thought that we'd be able to win and, and to get the win and without our captain and arguably best player without is just really satisfying and it just shows the potential that this this team has. So I'll be just really excited to see the cricket they play over the next week and a half with, with four games left. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in, Emerging Cricket fans. If you want to hear us talk about uh, Super League issues, you can uh, scroll through the back catalogue. Um, but otherwise, tune in next time. I'm sure we'll have lots of content for you coming out of this very exciting Challenge League Group A.
A huge thanks to Jared Allen and Andrew Leonard for joining Nick and Tim in Canada while at the Challenge League. Joining Vanuatu as victors in day one and two action were Singapore and the hosts. The Canadians defended 219 in a strong bowling and fielding performance over the Danes with Dylan Hayliger claiming five for 34. Singapore, meanwhile, won by seven runs on the DLS method, making 244 for nine before Qatar were forced off the ground at 213 for nine after 42 overs when the rain fell in King City. Qualification for the 2024 T20 World Cup has continued with multiple world records broken by a French batter at the third European sub-regional tournament beginning in Finland. Gustav McKean struck 76 before making back-to-back centuries, powering France to two wins to throw their group wide open. Gustav is the youngest men's T20 I centurion and also the first to make back-to-back tons in the men's international format and also has a record for the most runs scored in the first three men's T20Is in a career. In the other half of the competition, Austria sent shockwaves with an upset win over Guernsey and look likely to move on to the tournament final. The top team in each group meet in the final for the European qualifier spot. Denmark claimed the first sub-regional tournament, with Italy claiming honours in this second sub-regional event. And Scotland will aim to level the two-match T20I series up against New Zealand at the Grange in Edinburgh on Friday. Finn Allen made 101 from 56 balls in the first T20I to move the Black Caps into the ascendancy, with Scotland falling 68 runs short. That's everything in the Emerging Game for this week. For more, log on to emergingcricket.com. And on behalf of Nick Skinner, Tim Culler and myself, Daniel Beswick, thank you for tuning in. Yeah!